So here we are in chapter 2, and uh, oh, just to recap a tiny little bit, you know, chapter 1 really speaks very much about the glory of God and His, you know, He speaks a word and, and creation, and, and, and there is uh, heaven and earth, and then God prepares the world for humanity, the apex, the high point, uh, the purpose, in one might say, of the, of the creation. And then God rests on, uh, on the seventh day, of which there is no end, according to the, interestingly, according to that text. Uh, and then we read, it seems like he's retelling the story of creation. And uh, what is happening is he is focusing now on the creation of, of man, mankind, man and woman. It's not a separate, uh, it's not a linear, it's not now he creates them all over again. But he's focusing on that because the creation of mankind is uh, so important to the story of creation. It is the focal point of the uh, story of creation. So we talked about God breathing nishmat, right? Nishmat uh, chaya, the, the breath of life into man, which is a unique uh, breath, uh, not the same as ruach, not the the wind or something like that, but but, but when God breathes uh, breath into man who's created from the dust, we see that humanity is different. This is what makes us different from everything else that there is. That yes, we are formed from dust, from the earth, but God breathes his life into us. And so uh, we are, uh, in a sense, like a little eye of uh, incarnation, that we are... Uh, within every human being is indeed a spark of the, the presence of God uh, in the physical being. And we talked about that uh, uh, last time, that very important phrase, breath of God. He doesn't say that about the animals, you know, uh, only, about, uh, only about man. Now, where we left off is where God places man in this idyllic place, uh, called the Garden of uh, Garden of Eden, right? In verse 8, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed man which he had formed. And then we uh, talked also about, you know, the location, where those, about the importance of those rivers and, and, uh, and so on. Uh, and where we left off is here, right here in verse 15. Very important place. Then the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. So it's interesting. This is kind of a repeat of verse 8. Notice that? Verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Okay. Then he describes the garden, but then he comes back to this issue of placing the man in the garden. Okay. Uh, so he took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden, to cultivate it and to keep it. These are very, uh, very famous uh, words, to cultivate it uh, and to keep it. If he only meant simply to till the soil, uh, other words uh, would have been used. But he uses an odd word in, in a way uh, for, that's translated uh, uh, cultivate. Uh, it is the word avad, and it, it is the root of the word avodah, which means to serve, which means to serve. It is uh, the word that is used of the priesthood serving the, uh, uh, you know, serving the holy place. 
Uh, it is uh, the word that would be of one person serving another, of people serving God, and so on, right? So he uses uh, uh, this word, serve the garden, we might say, and protect it, okay? Protect it is the word uh, shamar, shamar. I uh, remember last night we said that um, in Judaism, a very religious person is called Shomer Shabbat, right? The keeper of Shabbat, uh, the protector of it, the one who guards it, the one who makes sure that we don't forget it. That's what, all that goes into that. Uh, here uh, in verse 15, in 2.15, uh, to cultivate it and to keep it means to serve it and to protect it, Right? Like uh, you read on uh, the uh, many of a uh, police car, right? To serve and protect. That's what it says that mankind is supposed to do for the uh, for all of uh, the earth, really, for the garden, but of course uh, for all of the earth. So now there's a lot that that this um, you know that this means. First, it means we have a responsibility as human beings. As of humanity, we have a responsibility to the world around us. God has called us not just to work the land or to milk the land and get as much as we can out of it because God gave it to us, but to serve the garden, to protect the world around us. That is a calling on humanity. God made us a little lower than himself, right? We have dominion, uh, and we have, uh, uh, we're to subdue the earth, and we have dominion over it. But not in a negative way, not for selfish gain, not just for ourselves, but we are called to take care of it and to serve it. It's interesting that it doesn't just say protect it, but to serve it. It means that while we oversee it, we want its best. Isn't that what we, the way we normally would understand that? The way we, uh, a husband should serve his wife, a wife serve her husband, or we serve people, servant leadership, uh, all that, you know, wanting the best uh, uh, for those whom we oversee. So, boy, that, uh, now this is going to sound so um, uh, different, maybe, but we should be at the forefront of caring for the world around us. Not say, oh, that's for those people that are worshiping the ground or uh, those people who don't really uh, believe in the word of God and the, you know, environmentalists, right? You think environmentalist, you think, oh, liberal. Uh, environmentalist, oh, I, you know, I, one who is... I, um, uh, you know, one with the earth, Mother Earth, you know, and all, you know what I'm saying, all that does dump the truck back, you know what I'm saying, all that goes with that. But according to the scripture, we are created to oversee it, to care for it, to take care of it, and we have not done a very good job of that. Some of that, we'll see the reason, might have something to do with what happens in chapter 3. But we need to recognize that that is a calling on mankind, okay? So uh, uh, whether we're talking about people or we're talking about animals or we're talking about the ground, 
We need to be thinking about that. We need to be caring about the world around us. All right? So that's one thing. Uh, but there's something else. Uh, and that is, uh, what we see here is that we are, as uh, human beings, God did not uh, uh, call us to, uh, he didn't put us in the garden and say, just lay around all day uh, and, uh, and do nothing. No. He's called mankind to do something, to work. Now, not all of us are farmers. Not all of us till the soil, right? Not all of us uh, do that. You know, what a great, of course, what a direct application it is to those, you know, who might be farmers or might work in uh, flower nurseries and uh, things of that nature. Uh, but we might work in an office building. We might live in an apartment. If, we, if I was preaching this at uh, some uh, community, uh, spiritual community in Manhattan, you know, what is, is that a flower pot on the top of the building? What is uh, cultivating the earth? How do, how do I do that? But, you know, the reality is, is that this does apply to us whether we work in an office or we work out in the fields or no matter what we do, you know, think of whatever occupation uh, you can think of. We are called to work. And, you know, I have an old book. Uh, it's called Your Work Matters to God. It's a great little book, you know, to, uh, uh, talking about the value and the importance of working. And it's important for us to recognize that we are, as human beings, we are not called to sit still. We are not called to lay around. We're not called to be lazy. And so serving this world, serving this created world, and protecting this created world comes in a variety of ways. By going to work every day, by supporting your family, by making a difference in someone's life, whether you answer the phone and take complaints in some customer service department all day, uh, or you serve people in a hospital, uh, or you work for a company uh, in some kind of administrative position. You're serving people. Very important, you know, uh, if you view uh, sales and view a company uh, and, you know, view uh, even, you know, the corporate, the corporate world as in some way, shape, or form, we're serving the world in which we live. The goal is not about simply making money, making the most money we can, but serving the world in whatever it is, whatever the company is, whatever the corporation is, whatever the work is that I do, I'm serving the people in my office, I'm serving the great, uh, my boss, I'm, uh, and by extension, whatever the product uh, is uh, that, uh, that we sell. Uh, in a school, serving students, serving the future of, of this world, no matter what it is, your work matters to God because by extension, you are, you are serving and you are keeping this world, protecting this world in some way, shape, or form. And that's important. You know, there's a number of places in the Bible that certainly uh, speak about the importance of, being, of, of working. And I'll just point to uh, a couple of different places. One is in Proverbs, and there's a few of them, but in Proverbs 15, the way of the sluggard is as a hedge of thorns, 
that means lazy person, okay? But the path of the upright is a highway, okay? It's smooth, it's straight. Uh, and notice, the opposite of lazy is upright. Uh, it doesn't say busy person, you know? Uh, but the opposite of the lazy or the sluggard is a righteous person, an upright person, see? Uh, and so that's very important to, uh, you know, to recognize. Now, that doesn't mean that, see, this, this makes Shabbat all the more important, doesn't it? But the, uh, the fact is, there's always, a, there's a season for everything, uh, and, uh, and it's important for us to, uh, you know, to recognize that, that part of humanity's purpose is to serve the world around us and to keep and protect the world around us. Think only of and serving for the best of the world around us. Now, in the Brit Chalashah, there are three little places uh, that may, well, maybe they're big places. I don't know. But in Matthew chapter 25, and this is kind of in passing, Yeshua gives a parable. And it's not the point of the parable, but in the parable, uh, in a chapter, Matthew chapter uh, uh, 25, uh, in verse... Uh, in verse uh, 26, okay, this is about, you know, the parable of the talents. So it's interesting, in verse 26, he says, to, uh, uh, to the one who hides the talent in the ground, the talent was a, a sum of money, okay, who hides it in the ground, doesn't use the opportunity given to him. He says, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. I thought that was rather interesting because the person says, I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours, thinking that he did a good thing, you know? But Yeshua's like mad at him, right? In telling the story, the, the master is, uh, is mad at him, right? You lazy person, you. And, uh, and so really, when, so when we think about uh, cultivating, serving, and protecting this world, uh, it's not only, we're, we're not only doing wrong if we uh, do bad things to this world, but if we do nothing, if we do nothing, if we do not take the opportunities that we have to serve the world around us and protect, therefore, and keep the world around us, if we do nothing, that is as bad as doing wrong. And so we are, as humanity, we are called to be proactive. So that means, well, it'll be helpful to see these other passages. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 in the Brit Chadashah. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, in verse uh, 11 and 12, I... Uh, Rather, chapter 4, verse 11. Let's go there. Oh, no, wait a minute. Is that what I want? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Uh, you know, 1 Thessalonians is a great book, but turn, to, but, but turn to Colossians. That's a real good one, too. Yeah, I was in the wrong place all the Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. Colossians, uh, chapter 3. Okay, here we go. In verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then if you jump down to verse 23, whatever you do, do your work heartily 
as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Messiah whom you serve. Very important. And so therefore, taking uh, all of that together, if we have the attitude when we go to work that I'm serving God and I'm going to do my job heartily, I'm going to do my job well because I'm serving God. And there are other places in the Brit Hadashah that talk about you're not, you know, when you serve your boss, you're serving God uh, and other places as well. We need to remember that. And so that uh, uh, doing nothing means, well, how, so how do we do nothing? We do nothing by not realizing that our work matters to God. If we go to work, we just do our job and, you know, uh, and, uh, and that's the end of it. Uh, then we have to ask ourselves, uh, am I serving am, and I, am I keeping? We are called, we are all called to make this, as human beings, to make this kind of difference in the world, as, uh, as I described. And so whatever you do, when you go to work, whether it's uh, tonight or later today, tomorrow, Monday, when you go to work, recognize that I am cultivating I am cultivating and I am keeping. I am fulfilling the calling that God has uh, that God has indeed given me. But there are many ways to cultivate and serve. Especially, you know, if you are thinking about what do I want to be someday? What do I want to be uh, uh, when we're little? We say, what do I want to be when I grow up? Or what do I want to be when I get out of school? This is a good opportunity uh, for me to say, you might want to think, what would God have me be? What would God have me do to make a difference in this world? You know, I will say in my own life, I came to faith in Yeshua uh, uh, after my freshman year of college and, uh, during summer vacation. And uh, uh, I will tell you that at that time, uh, I was not thinking... Uh, you know, what I really want to do is uh, share the good news of Yeshua uh, with uh, Jewish people uh, and, uh, you know, to do, uh, to be like a rabbi or to be, a, you know, lead a messianic congregation or be involved in, in full-time vocational, like religious type of uh, work. I mean, there, what kind of money is in that, right? You know? Uh, or uh, what, you know, that, that, was not, that was not where my head was. Uh, and it was actually a couple of years later uh, uh, when uh, the Lord really convicted me. I, uh, I attended a concert, uh, actually a music concert. And on the way home, uh, I was thinking about, uh, it, was a, it was a Messianic Jewish concert. Uh, in those days, there was one Messianic group. <laughs> Right? You know who that was. And, uh, and, and so I was on my way home and I thought, you know, very few Jewish people know what I know, know this great truth about the Messiah. And I had this overwhelming uh, belief now or feeling that I need to do something about this. So there was no cell phones in those days. So uh, I stopped off uh, at a restaurant to use the phone uh, to call the guy who led me to the Lord, who told me about Yeshua in the first place. And uh, he was good. He said, well, pray about it, right? Uh, and uh, to make a long story short, I ended up 
making a right turn when I graduated uh, from college, and it was the most natural right thing for me to do, and I haven't looked back since. And I think that for many of us, we don't uh, take that opportunity to even think that when we're, you know, in, uh, you know, in a middle school or high school uh, or a college to think perhaps God would call me to some kind of vocational work to cultivate, to make a difference in this world. Uh, some people are called to go to a foreign country and uh, to spend their lives making a difference in people's lives, helping them and to, and, uh, to share the good news of Yeshua. Like when Sylvia goes down to El Salvador, some people do that, you know, for the rest of their lives, right? Uh, and, uh, and some people go and get, get some education, you know, to do that or to be a, um, like a pastor or a rabbi that, that have that kind of, of role and all kinds of things. But it's a calling on your life. And sometimes we're not, we're not listening to God, so we don't hear, we don't hear the voice that maybe this is what God would have me to do. We uh, make a big mistake sometimes by waiting until people are 25 years old and well on their way to a, having a family and a career and say, have you ever considered, uh, have you ever considered this? You need to consider it long before that, right? Uh, when the opportunity is there. So maybe even if you're hearing my voice today, maybe it's something to consider. How would God have me cultivate and keep? Now again, if you are uh, work for a company, if you're a traveling salesman, if you're a, an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a bus driver, uh, you are a construction worker, whatever you are, do it for the glory of God. You're cultivating and you're keeping and you are serving God in, we're all vocational, by the way, in that way, right? Everybody serves the Lord vocationally, if that's your mindset right? But if God should ever give you the opportunity for some type of a full-time ministry opportunity, it might be an interesting, uh, an interesting walk indeed to take, you know? I was, uh, I, I will say that uh, after this concert, not too long afterwards, I was attending a, a, um, a service somewhere, and there was a guest speaker and he, uh, and he spoke from this passage uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And he said this. He, was, uh, he read these words. Now, brethren, in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given to the congregations of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, uh, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overwhelmed in the wealth of their liberality, meaning that they gave, a, they gave a lot to Paul and to the people around him. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much entreaty for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected, but here's, here it is, here it is, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. When he said that, that was perhaps one of the few times in my life as a believer in Yeshua when I knew and thought, he is talking to me. I, and I just knew it. 
You know, I just knew it. That's it. Like, that's it, right? They gave themselves to the Lord. That's what we're really talking about here. What has God called us to do as human beings? To give ourselves for the purposes of God. To delight ourselves in the Lord. To serve Him wholeheartedly. Not just to write a check, you know, uh, uh, but to give ourselves to the Lord. And then, you know, when we, uh, as believers in Yeshua, when we are, are now a new creation in Messiah and we can be the image bearers of God that God made us to be, all the more powerful it is for us to make that kind of difference in the world. Our sin, our sin nature and unbelief keeps us from really be, being able to do that well. And may I suggest, that is why, as I said two weeks ago, the world has been vandalized. Because we're not cultivating. We're not keeping. We're in it for our, as humanity. We're in it for ourselves. We think about what I'm going to do with my life so that I'll be able to retire well. So that I'll be able to make enough money. So that I'll be able to be comfortable. That's just all about us. And what we're going to see is that when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, it became all about them. See? And so may we be challenged here in Genesis chapter 2 with this calling on mankind. Well, we didn't get very far, did we? Uh, uh, this calling on, uh, on mankind, right? Uh, then the Lord God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden uh, to cultivate it and to uh, keep it. Uh, but I, I am going to say one more thing. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you shall, uh, you shall surely die. Okay? So we see here, uh, very interesting, that uh, there's lots of trees in the garden, right? Lots of trees, uh, and uh, uh, in the middle, as we saw, there is the tree of life and there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here we read, we can eat from any tree, but not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do that, you will die. Evidently, not immediately, but uh, you will die. Uh, and so it's very interesting. Uh, when we get to chapter 3, we'll talk more about that tree uh, and what it means. Uh, but the point here is, is that in this verse is that there is a prohibition given to mankind. So far, it's all positive, right? Go, do, take care of, you know, cultivate, keep live uh, in this ideal setting, but there's only one prohibition. Don't eat, because in the day you do, you will surely die. And that tells us that no matter how much dominion we have, and no matter how much we are called to subdue the earth, we, are, we, we, we do not become God. We yet yield to the king we yet yield to the one and only God. We are still accountable to Him. And so, when you put this all together, we are accountable to God for the choices that we make. God did not make us automatons. 
He did not make us robots. One prohibition, that's the one thing. And of course, as we all know, right, that mankind could not handle the one prohibition. But only one prohibition, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of, of, of good and evil. Uh, and, uh, and so he put us in here to work it, to love it, to enjoy it, uh, but to obey and to uh, be, uh, of course, the men and women that God has called us to be. All right. Well, I think what we're going to do now is save uh, the rest of the chapter uh, for, um, for next time because that's, uh, that's too much for the next couple of minutes. Uh, but I, uh, you know what? I can go a little, a little, I can go a little farther. I think go a little farther. All right, a little farther. All right. So then it says in verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Make a helper suitable for Ezer. Like Eliezer, right? The name? Ezer. Uh, a helper suitable for him. Right? And the word helper is an interesting word. It, 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 um, it's not a word that denotes something uh, subservient. God is called an Ezer, uh, uh, the helper of mankind, uh, and so one who helps, uh, but, not, uh, but it is not uh, speaking, of course, necessarily of, in, in this verse, of, a, um, of, 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 uh, of subservience. And when it says suitable for him, corresponding to him, that would be another way of saying, that corresponding to him. So we see here, this is the one place where everything else is good. But here, this is the first time we read, not good. First time, not good. Not good for man to be alone. If mankind is going to do uh, all of this work, uh, uh, it is not good uh, for the man, the ish, the male, to be by himself. And, uh, and so next time, we'll talk about the creation of Isha, the creation of woman, uh, and all that that entails here in Genesis. All right, let's pray. Lord God, thank you, Lord, that uh, you have called us to a task as humanity. And thank you, Lord, that in Messiah Yeshua, you have redeemed us to the task. That whatever we do, may we do it for the glory of God. May we do it for you. May we serve you. May we make a difference in the office. May we make a difference in the hospital. May we make a difference at the school. May we make a difference uh, in our store. May we make a difference uh, among our coworkers. Uh, may we make a difference and realize even the end product of maybe I'm way down the line in terms of that end product, but that end product serves people. And we're part of it. And uh, Lord, so thank you, God, that you have not called us to sit on our hands. You have not called us to do nothing. You have called us to make a difference. Lord, sometimes making a difference means to be proactive uh, in our world, not only in our job, but uh, in, with our voice. <coughs> whether it be for a cause, or whether it be in our job, or whether it be the social club or with our kids on the soccer field, you know, or, uh, or at home, that wherever it is, God, 
Thank you that you have called us to cultivate and to keep. Lord, and I pray that you might speak into the heart of some of our younger folks here today, Lord, that maybe, just maybe, you have called us to cultivate and to keep in a unique way of uh, serving uh, you in vocational ministry of some sort, Lord. Lord, may it be a thought, a seed that's in our heart and in our mind. And Lord, thank you that you've given us a choice. You've given us a choice to obey you or not to obey you. To obey you leads to wonderful delight, but to disobey only leads down a slippery slope unto death. Lord, we do thank you and we praise you, God, that you have created us in such a capacity. We pray in Yeshua's name.